Okay, everybody, it's an all new show today with me and Molly Wood. What else are we going to cover? Elizabeth Holmes is guilty of four counts. And we're going to do a dramatic reading of some of her text messages and talk about the fraud uh, that everybody's talking about and how many years she's going to do. Then we're going to cover how even socialists are admitting that Amazon is one of the best places for people to work or they've ever worked. And we're going to discuss that balance between capitalism, socialism, and what a great job Amazon is doing in making conditions better for employees and that uh, balance between what socialists, democratic socialists, communists want and what capitalism is providing. Finally, we'll discuss Biden's new sanctions against China and the implications on decoupling our two economies, which have spent three, four, five decades now uh, intertwining themselves. It's a great show. Let's get to work. This Week in Startups is brought to you by Vanta. Compliance and security shouldn't be a deal breaker for startups to win new business. Vanta makes it easy for companies to get a SOC 2 report fast. Twist listeners can get $1,000 off for a limited time at vanta.com slash twist. Masterworks, the first company allowing investors exposure into the blue chip artwork asset class. Twist listeners can skip the 30,000-person waitlist by going to masterworks.io and using promo code TWIST. And Our Crowd. Our Crowd helps you invest early in pre-IPO companies alongside professional VCs. If you're interested in investing, you can join Our Crowd for free at ourcrowd.com slash twist. There's only one story today. Let's be honest. Like we got a long rundown and a lot of potential items to talk about, but I know uh, that everybody's here for the one thing and that thing is Elizabeth Holmes. Oh boy. Dang. So yep. first the facts, then the impressions. <laughs> it's a lot the facts to get are to she here. was uh, there was a lot to get. So she was found guilty on four counts of fraud, which okay. many people were surprised by. She could serve up to 20 years in prison. Jason, did you think this was going to happen at all? I'm actually going to jump ahead. Yeah. Did you think there would be any guilty verdict? Because this, the deliberations took forever. Yeah. The jury was hung on several of these counts. Yep. But four guilty verdicts, some in, related to investors. Were you surprised or not surprised? Okay. I was uh, absolutely sure she was guilty. Now, that means, and I was sure she was guilty years ago, like even before yeah. this stuff broke, because, you know, the back channel in Silicon Valley from investors i know who met with her was they laughed her out of the room because they would say hey as part of diligence can we see the technology to say no it's proprietary and they said yeah well we're v vcs this is like we're going to be on your board of directors like deal. you can yeah. you can show us that's how this works she's like no i can't show you but you can invest and so you know people like i think bill morris uh, who was at google ventures kind of laughed her out of the room other people and he's been public about that so we knew it was a fraud we or at least that she was like strange and that it might not be uh, there there. So I right. knew she was guilty. So then it just became down to, can a jury convict her? Is there enough evidence? And are these prosecutors good at their jobs? I would say the prosecutors are terrible at their jobs because when I talked to people who were covering the case, none of them talked to VCs who passed on investing. They only talked to the um. investors who lost money. Now, the investors who lost money is why she got the four guilties uh, guilty of wire fraud because she presented information that was not true and then took their money. So she lied. She committed securities fraud, I guess. Uh, and this wire fraud is basically lying about the state of your company, the material facts of the company, and then taking people's money. So that's mm -hmm. what I believe she's guilty of or found, was found guilty of. So, and it, but it only takes a couple of people to, you know, uh, create a hung jury, right? Or it only takes one, I guess, technically. So I was, yeah. I think I said I was uh, like 60 or 70% sure she would be guilty of something. So I think I got it exactly right. I think it's the type of guilty I do find very interesting because that was the question all along is like, it, there always seemed to be something weird. And you talk mm -hmm. to investors, you know, I have even had the opportunity to talk to investors who passed who were like, something was not right there from the get go. Or even if they had put in a tiny bit of money and then tried to get information later, it was like, all right, that's not normal. What is interesting, though, is that they found her guilty of conspiring mm -hmm. to the three counts of wire fraud and then conspiring to defraud investors, but not they were split on whether she intended to defraud investors all along, which I think is mm -hmm. the kind of that was like the dinner table argument is like, did she was it sort of a 
an accidental Ponzi scheme where they got in over their heads. The technology wasn't working. Right. They got on the hamster wheel of trying to continue to raise money to get it working versus it being a fraud from day one. Right. Which it clearly right. wasn't like there was definitely some true believer no, situation. She believed, her she believed her bullshit. Yeah, she right. was delusional. And uh, this is the fake it till you make it delusions of grandeur, you know, have mm -hmm. big, uh, crazy, audacious goals, uh, which is, to be totally honest, it, it, a trait you're looking for in founders. You want them to be a bit delusional. You want yeah. to believe that you can change the world against all odds. So that's like a checkbox for investors. Yeah, this person's delusional. And what if they actually succeed? You want somebody who's crazy enough to try the crazy, right. audacious idea, whether it's going to Mars or creating a search engine that indexes the world's information or connect 2 billion people on the planet. All of those crazy ideas, Google, Facebook, SpaceX, uh, you know, have come to fruition. And, uh, you know, push a button and go from point A to point B in any city in the world, Uber, yeah. Lyft, et cetera. Amazon, get anything you want within two days. Like these are crazy audacious ideas that now mm -hmm. we consider de rigueur, you know, obvious. Um, and she was going down that path. But the difference is, you know, she dropped out of school uh in you know the the realm of biology where you kind of need a science degree like if you're making an app do you really need a science degree no like if you're delivering books you need a science degree no but that was a bit of a tell and then yeah. the fact is um i think she did get i think it's probably accurate that she did get over her skis and she was delusional yeah. and believed she could do it but she didn't have the ethics moral compass or humility to learn from the mistake so you know, the difference between her and another person without audacious goals is a person with audacious goals who hits a roadblock says, okay, I can't get the books there in, you know, two days, but we can get them there in five days. And we can't mm -hmm. have every single skew in the world. That's going to take a decade, but let's start working on it. And let's see, maybe we can get it to two day delivery. Maybe we can get it to two day delivery in major cities and we'll, we'll just keep grinding until we get there. Right. Instead, when she hit those roadblocks, she just doubled down that and you know basically that's where the lie came in so that actually might be the jury getting it right which is this wasn't I, a conspiracy from day one yeah yep i mean that's what i find really interesting about i think this is a very nuanced outcome and a nuanced mm -hmm. verdict that is that feels to me to be ultimately accurate because anybody who talks to founders can see how this could happen the red yep. flags of course from the beginning were and look i'm taking this straight from your book right, right. not only would this lady not provide monthly updates <laughs> and yeah. I believe Jason is a big fan of you don't invest if you don't provide, you know, monthly, if you're yeah. not willing to give monthly updates. Her investors who had put in, you know, in one case, let's see, about a hundred million dollars from the family yeah. office of former education secretary Betsy DeBoss, she wouldn't tell them anything for a period right. of years. This gets to though, so let's talk about who they decided that she defrauded. And mm -hmm. I see a conspicuous lack. Of Silicon Valley yes. venture capital firms here, despite the constant insistence that this is a Silicon Valley story. Yeah. I mean, that's a Hedge great funds. narrative. Yeah. It's a right. great narrative to say, so this is what Silicon Valley creates is this type of fraud. I think you have to pause for a second and say, this fraud is one in 10,000, right? This right. level of fraud, a Madoff level fraud, a Theranos level fraud. And then you have things that feel like this, that are in the delusional category, ca uh, you know, category, which is Adam Newman right. from WeWork. Adam Newman, exactly. Like, That's exactly so who I was thinking of. Adam Newman a fraud or mm -hmm. delusional? Where do you see on that spectrum? Well, I, I had a WeWork office. It was pretty fantastic. It was pretty revolutionary at the time. You didn't right. have to sign a long lease. It you had was a real a product that worked and not fake boxes and Walgreens. So that's one big difference. <laughs> that's the big difference. And then did he go off the rails? Was he smoking pot on private jets? Was he not a good steward of capital? Was he buying wave machines? Was he double dealing and, you know, reselling the IP of the trademark to his own company, buying real estate, flipping it? So there was all these ethical violations that he was doing. But at the core, there was a real business. Right. So there's a spectrum between somebody who is completely honest upstanding and then there's fraud and then there's like this whole thing in between okay SOC 2 compliance is critically important why if you don't have SOC 2 tight you can't close major customers it's really that simple and guess what Vant is going to give you $1,000 off your SOC 2 Vanta's compliance software makes it easier to get and renew your SOC 2 
They continuously test against technical and non-technical SOC 2 requirements. They partner with over two dozen audit firms who have been trained to file SOC 2 reports directly within Vanta. And on average, Vanta customers are SOC 2 compliant in just two to four weeks compared to three to five months without Vanta. Take it from Kitty Hawk CEO, John Hegrains, who heard me read Vanta's ad and email me about how much he loves Vanta. John told me Vanta was essential in helping Kitty Hawk get SOC 2 compliant so they could target those larger customers. So here's a very simple call to action. Unlock bigger sales and give your employees time to work on more business critical assignments. Vanta's giving Twist listeners, I kid you not, a $1,000 discount on their subscription at vanta.com slash twist. That's vanta.com slash twist, V-A-N-T-A dot com slash twist to get that $1,000 off. In the whole thing in between, which now, Molly, that you're joining me on this adventure to be a managing director at launch our investment company, one of the things we ha- have to continually um, vet for when we're reviewing a deck is a founder, a, typically a young, naive founder, will say, here are our customers, and they'll use the word customer. So when you say the word mm-hmm. customer, I would assume, you would assume, a, re- a normal person would assume, somebody who's paying you for a product or service and using it. And they'll put 10 logos, right? And that's like the logo slide. It's supposed to get induced investors into investing in a company but what if out of those 10 logos three are paying four on free trials and uh, you know the other three uh you know we've had an email exchange with and you're calling them all customers Mm. well now you're lying and is it a big lie i would say yes but you know they would say well you know the people who are on the free trials are using the product and other people give you 30 days free. So yeah, they're customers. We got their credit card and we will charge them next month. So now you're getting into this like, you know, nuanced debate. Are you lying mm-hmm. or not? And I just tell people, own your metrics, own the reality, because we all know the reality is going to be hit or miss in the early days of a startup. So you put one slide paying customers, another slide, customers on free trials, and then pipeline. These are c- potential customers, customers in discussion, people we're talking to. And uh, founders are like, okay, yeah, I can split that into three slides. And I'm like, don't make me a detective. Don't make me into Columbo to where I have to figure out the truth. Just tell the truth right. from day one. And that's something where fake it till you make it, bend the truth, present the best image. Founders get desperate to raise capital, to not fail, and they're acting out of fear. So I have a little bit of empathy for a founder who is scared of failure and who does a little bit of massaging or spinning. I still don't think they should do it, to be clear, but I understand what's happening. They're scared. They're scared of failure. And that is like the weight of the world. They might have employees. They have investors that they don't want to let down. Like that's all so understandable. And you can see how some of this would start to spin. And then you can see where it had to stop and where it crossed over into, I mean, fake boxes and literally lying to consumers and lying to investors and refusing. But it was. It was clear, and this is what has driven me crazy, it, even for, I mean, when I was covering this as a journalist, I still was like, this is not a Silicon Valley, like, it's just this constant insistence that it was a yes. Silicon Valley story, and that it's like all about the excesses, and you see that in every single lead today, and I'm yeah. like, the first big round she got after Threshold was from Rupert Murdoch. Yeah, it's a bit of a, it's Rupert Murdoch known for his incredibly savvy technology investments <laughs> like, that he's made over the years, especially in biotech, you know, and life yeah. sciences. Like, I mean, he just, is a Silicon Valley. He's one of us. Let me tell you. I mean, you. <laughs> I see him all the time walking up and down University Avenue at Copa Cafe or whatever. Like, <laughs> he's not like walking around Stantill Road or, you know, in uh, South Park, you know, meeting with app developers. It's just not what he's doing. He's, you know. He's in Monaco or in New York City, right? Like this just, it's a bit crazy. But, you know, then the other issue that becomes a bit of a lens here is she's a female founder. And so I'm curious your thoughts on that because, you know, the press, if you look at the two groups of people, and I don't want to make this beat up the press time, but, you know, we're both former journalists and we're doing random acts of journalism here on the show. Um, But, you know, when you're a journalist and you you kind of laud somebody and you put them on the cover of magazines like they did with Adam Newman and like they did with her. Uh, Who promoted, just as a thought experiment, who promoted Elizabeth Holmes more? The Silicon Valley Venture Industrial Complex, Andreessen Horowitz, Sequoia, whoever, they had nothing to do with her. And then the press. She's on the cover of Fast Company, Inc., like every major publication. So 
you know, yeah. when the press is like, oh, it's your fault. I'm kind of like, or did you have is any part it? in this? <laughs> is it? Right. Is it really my fault? Because yeah. I'm pretty sure that you have helped Am create a celebrity <laughs> obsessed culture all across America that yeah. led to like a TV guy becoming president two times. And, yes. you know, yeah, no, yeah. 100%. And it is amazing to see them all in lockstep now talking about how this is a Silicon Valley story. I'm like, this is a celebrity culture story and 100% related to the fact that this woman is irresistibly attractive. And you said it, not me. Absolutely knew how to market that. 100%. So she was leveraging the fact that she was attractive, which, you know, is a tough conversation to people to have people to have. But when I was in the magazine business, but in so the 90s, is Adam Newman. Like, it's not just be. I want to be no, 100% clear tall, here. America likes attractive. pretty people. Newsflash. And not then, a shock. Right. That is not, not controversial to say. Not controversial. There's a reason why you and I are broadcasters who have big audiences. I'm just, just saying, saying, right? Like, look at us. I mean, look at us. <laughs> it's exhausting sometimes. <laughs> it is. It is. <laughs> <laughs> but with the two of them who are like taller, better looking versions of us. <laughs> 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 literally i'm literally <laughs> blushing right now this is yeah, exactly <laughs> i'm like yeah but there, uh -huh. there is a thing with height there is actually like studies that have been made about height and ceos like yes. ceos are over over five uh foot 11 or six foot and i'm five eight and a half on a good day like you your you the correlation with being ceo goes up putting all that yep. aside i was in the star chamber my own magazine and other magazines um, and with other editors of magazines and they would do photo shoots and then decide who gets the cover. Yeah. And I can tell you that if you were an obese person, if you were an ugly person, if you were aesthetically not pleasing, you were not getting the cover of a magazine, period, full stop. Mm -hmm. And so one time we put this somebody on the cover who was large in Silicon Valley Reporter. And I had this like big internal debate. Somebody's like, you can't like literally one of my editors is like, this person is too fat and too ugly to be on the cover of a magazine and you know i was like Ugh. they said it so bluntly and i know people were trying to outvote me and i was like but he's also the most successful person we're gonna put him on the cover anyway and it was like mm -hmm. a big internal debate um and i'm not giving myself any points for doing it but i do think that that's like another layer on this which i mean when you There's and i came into layer. the industry yeah. how many female ceos were there of note in technology kim polisi mm -hmm. meg whitman Meg Whitman back then. That's right. Totally. It was like um, yeah. Xerox. Oh, um, uh, yeah. Awesome who was the woman, woman from HP? Or no, that was Meg Carly Fiorina. Carly Fiorina. Yes. Yeah. So like there was this like short list. And so if you were a journalist or you were running a tech conference, you were like, okay, got to have Marissa Mayer. Or you called gotta them have, all. Got to have. Exactly. And now one of the great things about our industry as a girl dad, I'm pretty stoked about is we now have enough female founders to have one be a fraud. That's the way I interpret this. We have a large enough sample. Like if you only have 10, you know, female CEOs or a hundred, like what's the chances of a one in, I call this a one in 10,000 fraud. Your chances of a one in 10,000 fraud, if there are only a hundred or a thousand female CEOs is very low. Mm -hmm. But when you but start trending towards 10,000, it's inevitable. Right. And this is a, a minor departure, but not entirely because that also led to a narrative around Elizabeth Holmes. There has been, um, sort of an act like i know a number of female founders who are like yeah we're basically all on a group text being like when are we going to get the takedown piece so uh, there was also the narrative around elizabeth holmes initially yes. of just like is she getting tougher treatment because she's a female founder because when a female what founder do you think? does something wrong double click on that do female founders get it harder from the press and social media when they make a mistake I mean, female founders get it harder from life. So that includes social media and the press, right? right? Like there's no question. They, they rate it. These, these are just, this is just facts. Like they're, they get less money overall. And yep. then when they do something wrong, they do get harsher scrutiny. I think there's no question about that. And certainly then they just get their asses kicked on social media all the time. Like, uh, I think instructive for this point, and I agree with you, is the Away founder, the luggage the founder. Away, that's exactly who I was thinking Steph of. Yeah. Corey. Um, mm -hmm. She basically you know, gave a stern talking to in right. Slack. And Slack is, you know, not the ideal medium. But uh, she said, like, listen, your customer support, it's the holidays. Everybody's working. Everybody's doing double shifts. This is when we make our money. If you want a job, show up for work when we need you, which is the holidays. And you better yeah. bring it. 
and she, you know, kind of like admonished slash gave what she thought was an inspirational speech. I'm not saying I've given these in the past, but now that we work together, you may hear someday. I may see some things. <laughs> you may hear someday <laughs> when the standard is not being hit by our producers. When I go, what the hell's going on here? I told you guys yeah. to read the stories to each other before I read them or Molly reads them. Read them out loud to each other so you find any, you know, big, you know, uh, problems. And I, I looked at what she did and like they diverged us this big takedown piece. And I'm like, if a man did that, they would be mm -hmm. inspirational. They would be or holding people accountable. More importantly, it would not even be news. It wouldn't they be do news. it all the time. Of course. I was like, wow, I've worked for a lot of editors who have sent way meaner notes than that. And to be clear, those were not nice. Right. It does not sound like she was a great boss. That is not news, nor is that unusual in the world of business. Yeah. Unless it happens to be a woman CEO. So that, that also, was actually the moment when I got yeah. the note from the couple of female founders that I know who are just like, we're all waiting for that same piece to come out about us. We're all waiting. Uh oh, yes. Oh, about like Mollywood is difficult or Kara Swisher yeah, is difficult like that, or right? whoever like, is difficult. Yeah, sure. 2021 was a huge year for IPOs. We all know that over 1000 companies went public. But two thirds of those companies are now trading below their offering price, according to research from our friends over at Masterworks. And reports of raising interest rates are causing some investors to adjust their portfolios. That's why some people are allocating more capital into blue chip art. Masterworks is the investment platform that lets you invest in shares of pieces by legends like Picasso, Monet, and of course, Banksy. In November, the Wall Street Journal published an article titled, Art is Among the Hottest Markets on Earth. They reported that art owned by the wealthy has potentially appreciated even more than their other asset classes. For example, back in May, a Picasso sold for $103 million. That's a 1,400% increase from its original auction price. So with Masterworks, you don't need to be a billionaire to own a Picasso. And Masterworks is letting Twist listeners skip their wait list. Just go to masterworks.io slash twist to cut the line. That's masterworks.io slash twist. See important disclosures at masterworks.io slash disclaimer. You know what the thing is that's also, it's like, uh, you're picking to come work for a company. If you, if you pick to go work for that company, mm -hmm. um, and that leader is not to your liking, like they're too hot or they're right. too cold, then you can like, Goldilocks, you can pick the porridge you want. You can pick the, you know, the, the bed you want to sleep in, the right. chair you want to sit in. And you find you're just right. Bezos and the culture of Amazon is not for everybody. And the yep. Amazon story that came out in the New York Times, I don't know if you remember that one, where they're like, oh my God, this is the worst thing I've ever experienced in my life. I was literally tortured. It was like human rights violations at Amazon. And it was like, except that everybody else is loyal to Bezos for decades. And they leave and they come back as boomerang employees. Mm -hmm. And so it, it's really just a mismatch between the intensity level you want at work and, you know, yeah. the, the, the company's culture. So don't go yeah. work at Netflix if you don't want to re Netflix makes you reapply for your job basically every January. For some people, that's panic inducing. Right. For, for other, other people, people, it's super inspiring. They want to work with yeah. 18 people. I've def I heard people, you know, I, I have a friend who worked at Uber, had a legitimately pretty awful experience there as a woman of color ended up leaving yeah. and has said to me many times over the years yeah. that the thing she misses most about working for uber was working for a place where you demanded a team all the time right. she's like i loved that i loved right. that everybody i worked with was a team and, and that the standards clear, were insanely high unfortunately she also between... weirdly couldn't get a promotion there and <laughs> yeah and so <laughs> you know? also you know and to your point and <laughs> which i like and. your and it's, your all approach with and. it's all about mm -hmm. the end and that doesn't forgive sexual harassment at work or any kind of harassment totally. or any yeah. bias like that's a separate issue there's just intensity at work and i look at the the, the stuff with um and i tried to get her to come staff Corey, if you want to come on the pod and you don't want me to interview have molly interview because yeah. this is one of the reasons i was stoked about you coming here it's like some people don't want to interview with me like um because whatever you know my reputation yeah. uh you know my 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 culture or whatever my tone but i think steph if you want to do an interview with molly i would love to hear you guys talk that. about this because i think it's such a real issue and then she got ousted and i was like she's like the heart and soul of the company as the founder like like yeah. who is on the board of this company like if she wants to give 
an inspirational speech and tell people to suck it up and work twice as hard or don't work at the company, it's her prerogative. You don't have to work at the company, right? right. And the like, idea that that's a leak, like that's a thing that should be, I don't know. Yeah, it was yucky. It was yucky. Yeah, okay, and then nobody puts think, their name on. Let's move on. I do think we should get back to having a little more fun with the Elizabeth Holmes story, though, because yes. despite all of the actual business facts of it, right, which are real and very meaty and worth discussing and lots of money and yes. whatever. I mean, this is just right up there with WeWork in terms of like, you can't get enough of this crap. And the responses yeah. that you got to the tweet asking for oh, the name of her autobiography. <laughs> Just, yeah. just lay some of those on us. <laughs> oh, okay. So I, you know, I, I have a, a device I use on Twitter. I'll give it to all the social media optimizers uh, out there and managers, which is I like to do a contest, um, either a caption contest. So I did a caption contest the other day with Jeff Bezos's, he did like a seventies disco picture of himself living his best life. That got a lot of great captions. Um, some of them a little dank, but uh, I said, tell me what Elizabeth Holmes will title or a biography's bonus for dankness. For those of you who don't know what dankness is, it's kind of like darkness uh, in the Reddit <laughs> term. So uh, user Aaron It's really Bali, thick weed is what it is. It's just really thick, moist, oh, right, yeah. weed. So dank weed is like and very strong. also darkness, yeah, in the yes. meme department. If you're going to smoke the resist. dank weed, yeah, <laughs> don't do that before the pod, Molly. <laughs> or that could be one of, that could be like a, something we do as a device on the pod. <laughs> I mean, yeah, um, you know, there's a lot more startups now than there used to be in that department. Okay, anyway, exactly. stay on target. The On target, on target, <laughs> Rogue One. <laughs> uh, the Blood Sacrifice. Not bad. Okay. The not blood bad. sacrifice. Not bad. See, I always like people who have a great starting point, but I like to workshop these. The blood sacrifice colon, you have to have the the subhead here. The blood sacrifice, exactly. blah, 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 blah. It's a good um, start. Blood truth, start. the story of an honest American worker getting there. Getting there, getting there. Got a, getting subtitle. There. Got got a, a subtitle. subtitle. Not a good subtitle, but blood truth isn't bad. Yep. In cold blood. Boom. That Boom. is great. Now, see, Simple. what's great about Effective. Simple and you know we're talking about the famous book by um, John Kerry. You no, uh, oh no, you're right. Bad Truman, in cold blood, Truman, Truman Capote. Capote. Oh, which by right. the way, shout out Philip Seymour Hoffman and um, Bennett Marlo Miller, uh, who I knew in New York. What a great film, uh, In Cold Blood. What a great book, and also the great uh, Truman Capote film. So, In Cold Blood, you got to make a pun or a play on words here. Yeah. In cold blood. In bold blood, in something blood. So you got to like kind of get. You got it right. You got to take it a step further. Saba, you got to punch it up, right? With the workshop. It's already taken. So. It's taken. So yeah, bold blood might be interesting. Bold uh, blood. You know, now you know, now we're getting bold. to some dank here coming up next. Yeah. Time. So anyway, <laughs> so now you're, you see how you workshop these things in the writer's room. The prick of life. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm like That's, a 14 yeah. year old boy that made me laugh so hard. <laughs> uh, uh, go back I'm to the just exactly, I'm just a child. Uh, this is good though. Out for blood, the truth behind my time at Theranos. Okay, see, now this is a well, Lee. That's like uh, a real Lindley. one. That's like a real. Yeah, this is a person who works in editorial. That's good. Yeah. Uh, it's got a little bit of Silicon there? Valley stuff that I'm not into, but. Well, I see. It's An just like fancy for the, the description. Ah. An expose of how the venture capital fake it to you make a culture snowballed into a web of lies, deception, despair in Silicon Valley. So this person probably works in copy editing or the publishing I mean, business. It's not bad. I mean, that's almost that's not bad. print ready. Out for Blood is great. What was the Sylvester Stallone movie? Rambo and something blood? I think it was like mm -hmm. First Blood. First Blood. First Blood. First Blood. See, now you can make a good play there with First Blood. Um, hmm. The truth behind my time at Theranos. So that's like the truth behind, is, you know, is like mm -hmm. a standard device. A bloody mess. Arjun. See, that's Lovely. a good starting point too. Bloody mess. Bloody mess. This I this next one I think is very likely given that yeah. everybody is become as soon as like they get attacked, they become the victim. Mm. Blood in the water. The persecution Ooh. of an American innovator. See, that's good because that's blood in the good. water is like, you know, I didn't deserve the shark attack. Like I had a little Don't nip really. and you guys all sharks came after me. That's so good. Is that that's good. Really that's good. the it's the Shout victim's out. take as opposed to out for blood. The truth behind my time. I love it. I love it. We considered reading some of the Balwani and Holmes. <laughs> this was like for <laughs> just inside baseball. It's like we should maybe do a dramatic reading again of Balwani and Holmes. Oh, oh, we have no. some. Okay, but he took out the really because it I, turns. I out just want to say, like, I didn't know that those were so racy when I suggested <laughs> we do a dramatic reading because some of them were like, "You are the sunshine of my life, my whole world." I mean, it was like cringe worthy crazy 
Yeah. I will say my boyfriend did not think it was very funny last night when I texted him. Good night. Loving you infinite. I thought it was hysterical. I'm like, this is amazing. I'm adopting all of Uh, this. I will say just before we get to the actual, the tweets where they talk about their year and the, their, uh, so they introduced all these tweets between them, or I'm sorry, texts between them because one of her claims was that she was in this abusive relationship with this older man and that he was really controlling her. And then that was a reason why some of these things happened. So all of these texts then got introduced into the record to show like, Oh, it seems like you guys texted each other all the time about how you were each other's universe and God's light and you love each yeah. other infinite. Yeah. But I'm not going to lie. Like I read that and I was like, this is not a healthy relation. That is not healthy. Well, also, I mean, like I think it was he, love bombing and it was creepy. He was dating her when she was very young and he, I see 10 or 15 years older than her. So Winnie. she was like 31 and he was 50 when they first started this. Company oh, really? So, yeah. you know, listen, I, I don't want to make a judgment on true love and like age differences. And I don't know exactly when this started, but the Shvengali defense. You know, like when you read the text and you look at the nature of the relationship, there was something in his pumping Not her right. up to do this. So, yeah. And, but I mean, it's a very hard thing. To read into somebody's relationship via text and understand it so right. i don't know yeah it's time for another our crowd deal of the week right now you can join our crowd's investment in blue tree according to the deal memo blue tree has developed a process to significantly reduce the sugar in any natural liquid that's interesting this lowers health risk while retaining great taste and blue tree has already signed a five-year 100 million liter contract with an industry leader according to their deal memo so we know that all over the world tech companies are innovating and driving returns for investors and our crowd analyzes many of these companies across the global private market then they select companies with the greatest growth potential and bring them to you from personalized medicine to cybersecurity to robotics to quantum computing and more in state-of-the-art labs startup garages and anywhere in between our crowd identifies innovators so you can invest when growth potential is greatest, which is early. So here's your call to action. If you're an accredited investor, you can join our crowd for free at OURCROWD.com slash twist and review their current deal memos. There's no payment involved until you decide to invest. So go sign up for free and check out those deal memos. You're going to learn a lot at OURCROWD.com slash twist. But before we get to that, shout out uh, to Chloe Feynman, who I tried to get on this week in Stardust before she went to SNL. Um, and then I, I got to hang out at SNL just randomly last year. Uh, and uh, I hung out with her a lot. And she is hilarious and super funny. And her, Elizabeth Holmes, we were going back and forth doing Elizabeth Holmes. And it's just really? extraordinary. Yeah, like uh. literally, I hung out with Chloe when I had my little stint at uh, SNL for a week. So before we... I try not to talk about it because it gets reblogged, in- but... Putting right, it outside. Yeah. So before we start getting into the tweets, because we yes. are going to do a dramatic reading. We are going to do think, it. Okay. But of, of the less loving you infinite. Yes, please. Because that could get partners, very weird. Like, that's not <laughs> acceptable. We do, though. Chloe Feynman needs to be our level set. She's the baseline. Okay. okay let's hear right. it. And then you're obviously going to be home. Okay. Anytime you create something new, there should be questions. What higher purpose is there than changing the world? This is the nanotainer. I developed it on a Bunsen burner in my high school chemistry lab when I was about 14. I was on about two hours of sleep, but my chief aim is to live in a world where no one has to say goodbye too soon. First they call you crazy, then they challenge you, and then you go on and change the world. <laughs> oh my god. I have I'm to do so uncomfortable right now. <laughs> oh my god, this is gonna be hard. <laughs> Get your crazy eyes on. There you go. There you go. Now we're now we're talking. I like the breathing. The breathing is so upsetting. I mean, it's so Hannibal Lecter. Like, I feel like Clarice, have the lamb stopped crying? Oh, seriously. Clarice, who is this man you seek, Clarice? 
I can say Tapas. Paris. Paris. I was watching Red Dragon, by the way. So amazing. Mm-hmm. The guy from Secession played Hannibal yeah. Lecter first in Manhunter. Oh, yeah, Brian Cox. Brian Cox played Hannibal Lecter. It is such a great Hannibal Lecter before the other amazing Hannibal Lecter. Um, but it's like a younger Hannibal Lecter who's like less yeah. refined. But my God, is that like that original Manhunter uh, is a perfect film. Perfect, but creepy as like, it. do not watch yeah. it alone and Aww. lock the doors because it is demented, but it really gets into the, the profiler's mindset. Um, I'll leave it at that, but the original, okay. original Manhunter, which came out decades before. Okay, here we go. So Can't wait, are we really doing this? We'll do a few of these are, this is oh, sort of God. the, like the weird, like they're together, but like the business thing is getting a little rough and then. Oh, God. Here we go. Oh, okay. So okay. For context, <laughs> we might not make it through all these. For context, <laughs> these are from late December 2014. They're on the cusp of the new year, and they're talking about how 2015 is going to be their year. This is our year. We can never forget this. Tiger. I know. I am focused on it. We will execute this year. I know. I'm focused on it too. And our kids never forget who we are. What does that last line even mean? And for our kids never forget who we are. I mean, the grammar is crazy. I guess this is in the age before Grammarly. So I for can forgive a little bit. Our kids like stay to that. I mean, wow. Ugh. I mean, this shows the delusion. I mean, it does show the delusion. Yeah. Oh yeah. Which kind of like feeds into her defense that, she was doing this for noble pursuit, which I think in her deranged oh, yeah. mind, she was. Yep. She thought However, she was on the right side of history. By yeah. later in 2015, it is clear in some ways that they already know is fallen apart. Oh, no. And Sonny is texting her and he's like, we need to commit to each other and get out of this hell so we can live in paradise we both have. I have literally... Been meditating on this exact same whole time I was running was thinking that. Oh wow! So she went running and was thinking this whole thing. Just they thinking, speak. how the hell do we get out of this morass that we are in? We are doomed. I just like the the way they speak shows a. I think they should have gotten off. Now that I read these texts, I kind of feel like they should have gone for a mental illness defense. If they had gone, that she was. <laughs> uh a sociopath or something the, i think if she had yeah what's the what's the criminal defense of like you're crazy that people go for insanity it's, defense uh, it's an it's that like that's the it? shorthand but it's like a shorthand not is insanity. Men, it's not it's a competency phrase or i something. think if they're going to appeal this they should go straight into these texts and she should go for the insanity defense yeah, yeah. i don't know i don't know that they show that she was insane, but I, if I had been on that jury, these texts and the level of like love bombing contained in them would have raised some flags for me around the, the, the relationship and the potential for manipulation. It's just that it feels sort of mutual at some point, except there's one exchange where he's like, ah, infinity and God's light and whatever. And she, she writes back just a smiley face and goes, ditto. <laughs> I mean, D- ditto. I yeah. feel like I, I want to hear a dramatic reading of the loved ones, not for us to do it, but I want to have Chloe uh, <gasps> Feynman. Yes. And uh, so uh, I, I got to DM Chloe and ask her to do an SNL skit of, because she's definitely going to do it. She's got to do those back. love texts. But I think they should do a dramatic reading of the love texts. And then I don't know who, get, who they get to do his side, but mm. yeah. Wow. I mean, it's, it's just so great. It's something. And then uh, before we move on, there are like at least maybe one and a half other news stories we're going to talk about for just a second today. But we are going to leave you with this really profound tweet from Twitter user Keaton Inglis, who points out, you can take Elizabeth's freedom, but you will never take her Forbes 30 under 30. Oh, my Lord. God's a 30 under 30, the bane of my existence. Just hang like, up that. Yeah. I had somebody working for me who was like, my dream is to get to 30 under 30. And I was like. Uh, really? You need bigger dreams. <laughs> I said to us, like, we need to really work on your dreams. Like, I, they give that to, they literally splinter that into like 500 categories now 30 under 30 in mobile app, location apps, 30 under 30 in 
you know, mobile gaming, casual gaming apps, mobile real-time strategy apps. It's just a grift, yeah. folks, to get you to do an inbound link to send SEO juice to Forbes. I mean, it's it genius on the Forbes side, oh, but it God. doesn't really do anything for you. Yeah. So I like to listen to uh, people who I disagree with. And one of the podcasts I subscribe to, and I'll listen to every third or fourth episode, is uh, This Machine Kills. It's like a really far left podcast. And it's a bunch of like really wacky socialists who know nothing about business. Uh, but they do feel very strongly about socialism. And, you know, they're anti-corporate. And so I learned a lot about their position. And I just happened to come up that they did a little preview of their Patreon. I think maybe they do the half shows or on Patreon, half shows are available free kind of model. So there's This Machine Kills. And there's another publication, another podcast that's also anti-tech. And I'll listen to these because, as I said, it's really good to understand people's position uh, if they disagree with you. And sometimes they actually have some really good positions for me to hear um but mm -hmm. this one i thought was particularly um compelling because they had to make an admission jathan i think is his name um and he is a real hardcore socialist and they have this socialist publication jacobian or something that they all talk about or write for anyway oh jacobin yeah mm -hmm. jacobin is that it um I and so I'm, I'm just fascinated by socialists slash communists because they're there's like social there's democratic socialists like bernie yeah who just want yep. a lot of benefits and, you know, I disagree with a lot of that stuff, but I understand where they're coming from. And then there's like socialist socialists, like we need to make Amazon a company that's controlled by the state or the workers or something. So anyway, listen to this minute and 37 clip. This is a long clip, but I want everybody to hear it. And then Molly, I want you to respond to it, not me. We'll see you on the other side of one minute and 37 seconds. I just want to also say that I think you were really dead on here, David, as well, where you were talking about how for like a lot of people, a job at an Amazon warehouse is a really good job. It's the mm -hmm. best job that some people can have because they do pay, you know, a $15 minimum wage. They do provide benefits like healthcare, a 401k, uh, the warehouses are air conditioned, right? Like all of, you know, things that a lot of other jobs and especially jobs in that sector don't tend to tend to have. But you're right, like they, they dangle that, right? They dangle that as a, as this kind of promise of lowering the floor of expectation, right? This is the best you can expect. And it calls it, it makes us as leftists, um, have to hold two facts in our mind at the same time. One is that Amazon is a terrible global empire of exploitation and extraction fact. Another fact, though, is that for a lot of people, especially immigrants who work in Amazon warehouses in the U.S., in Europe, in Australia, um, mm -hmm. this is the best job they've ever had. Mm -hmm. Right. This is, and, and they and, and they are thankful, rightfully so, to have that job. Our our project as leftists is to try to resolve that contradiction, to resolve that dialectic of, on one hand, criticizing uh, Amazon ruthlessly, while on the other hand, recognizing that people are not lying when they say they're very thankful for their job at Amazon. All right, Molly, what's your reaction to that? Yeah, yeah. I think this is, a, this is interesting because this is sort of, we talked about this a little bit with Web3 yesterday, this idea that like, why did it have to become a religion? Because now this conversation has to be so partisan in sort of the purest, not the the Democrat versus Republican, but that either like you're only for or you're only against and there's no and there's no middle ground. And this to me is a conversation about exactly that. And it's funny because right after our show yesterday, I went and read the new editor-in-chief of Wired put out as sort of like manifesto for what Wired should be. And it talked all about how we've gotten so binary as a culture. Everything has to be either this or this. And I was like, that's what I was saying yesterday, but I didn't think of using that smart sounding word binary because mm. we have like literally lost the use of the word and mm. in our society. And so mm. everything that this guy said on this podcast is 100% true. And this is why extremists only destroy and never create. Because if you don't, if you can't hold two ideas in your head at the same time, then you are doomed to fail. You are doomed to never right. hear any truth. Mm. Like both of these things are 100% true. If you 
came from a place where only horrific jobs were available, or you live in a place where no jobs are available that pay this amount of money, working at Amazon can be the great, greatest job you've ever had. Absolutely. And Amazon should probably treat its workers better in warehouses. Right. Not even Absolutely. should probably, right? Like, should. Like, they ran that guy out for trying to organize and then smeared him as incoherent and then basically mm-hmm. had to admit that everything he said was true. Like, there's some bad stuff that yeah. they do from a worker perspective and have put a lot of small businesses out of business because they can't compete and have put in warehouses and fulfillment centers in places that have big job droughts and they pay better than anybody else. And if you uh, put out of business some of these small mom and pop stores, uh, consumers get a better deal because it's inefficient to have like a bunch of local stores selling Amazon basic cables or you know, moisturizing cream or batteries. And it would be better for society, for the environment, if they came from a central warehouse and they were cheaper. Uh, and that is just a hard thing for people also to get their heads around. Like, and Amazon <clears throat> takes and, data from its third-party sellers and uses it to create competing products and, 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 And right? they deny it, but it's probably all true. Of, <laughs> right. 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 Eh. And all of those things can be true. And you can want things to be better without needing them to disappear from the face of the planet. Yes. And Amazon pays more than mom and pops. And they'll pay for your college education now. And because they can, because they got gigantic and they didn't always start that way. Right. I mean, and they're more efficient and they use robots. All, all, all. all, all. And what I like about this is I felt like this was a great moment for like um, capitalism in this negotiation between capitalism and socialism, between, you know, entrepreneurs, you know, seeking efficiency, wealth. Uh, opportunity, et cetera, innovation, um, and, and reaping those rewards. And socialists mm-hmm. who are trying to defend, you know, people they perceive as not having agency, which I don't think is true, but putting that aside, I think their intention is correct. They want to defend people who they feel are helpless or, you know, are under the gun, um, even yeah. though we have record low unemployment and 11 million unfilled jobs and whatever, putting that all aside. I thought it was like a good recognition for them because I believe what we're in the middle of is a great renegotiation. If Mm -hmm. equities drive people to become phenomenally wealthy, well, then we should let people participate more in equities. And so one of the things we talked about on All In is this freedom dividend where what if we gave everybody $2,000 when they were born into a Mm -hmm. 401k of just an index fund, Vanguard of the NASDAQ and the whatever, you know, just a perfect index of the stock market. And they couldn't touch it until they were in college and they could take, you know, half of it for college and then the other half was retirement. That would be unbelievable. And you know what it would do is it would put more money into uh, equities and we put them into American companies. Mm -hmm. So that gives us an advantage over foreign companies. Mm -hmm. So we make this American index of the best American companies. Now, the only problem with that is those, you know, the Bezoses of the world and other folks would become more wealthy because you would have more automatic buying of their stocks, but at least everybody would be in on the game. And I think getting more people in on the game and letting them get equities and getting rid of accreditation rules and just making it a test or something, or even gifting people some free shares and companies as like part of their being born in this great country is the great balance because then people would learn about equities. And that's what you're seeing here. I think it's sort of a, I think fundamentally, it's a false equivalency to say that we're having a conversation about unregulated capitalism or socialism and nothing in between, right? Like, we know that any organism that grows out of control kills you. That's the fundamental, that's what, that's cancer, right? Or like a a small tree that gets too big, tears out your foundation. Like you can't have, (laughs) right? You can't have organisms that grow unchecked because they eat everything around them. Or eventually they get so big that they topple over because competition comes along. Like, clearly, as I said to you when we had ramen, I believe in capitalism or I wouldn't be here. Right. But I also think you can want and I think Mm. you can want capitalism to function better, to Mm. have more stakeholders who benefit from it and to have reasonable rules so that it doesn't trample over everything in its path without being a socialist. (laughs) I also think there's a chess game going on. This is what I know from behind the scenes just based on, you know, knowing a lot of the principles behind Mm -hmm. the scenes, there's like a really high level chess match. And in poker, there's a concept called leveling. What leveling is, is you and I are playing poker. And we both know that, you know, this certain betting pattern 
uh, is indicative of having a very strong hand. So then I know you know that. You've been playing poker yep. a long time and you've both seen each other do it. So now I'm going to do it knowing you know that, but I'm going to do it knowing you know that and having a weekend. Or I'm going to okay. do it knowing you know that, knowing that I probably have a weekend, but I in fact have a strong hand. Mm-hmm. And this leveling where you're trying to understand how the person perceives you or the, the rules of the game is what's happening. So I think Amazon knows Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Holmes, Elizabeth Holmes, Elizabeth Warren, <laughs> the other Elizabeth I'm very fond of, you know, yeah. Anyway, they know that they're, you know, really upset about the stuff and they want a minimum wage. So if you were going to level Bernie Sanders on the $15 minimum wage uh, federally, how would you do that? Well, you just give everybody $15 an hour before right. he was able to pass his legislation. Which, to be clear, is still a sub-living wage in most cities, cities in America. Yep. But not all. In some cities, it's a great wage. Um, and you would give people benefits. And, well, I mean, listen, there has to be some entry-level jobs in the world, right? Like, there's got to sure. be some yeah. first, yeah. you know, at a, col- at a high school or, you know, GED. There has to be yeah. some entry-level job. So. If these are the entry level jobs and they're fifteen dollars an hour, and they're fifteen dollars you know, an hour, that's great. You're absolutely and, right. and you have great. two people in a household doing it, or maybe you have two parents and you know one of age child, and the of age child has no work, but they work at a factory and they can contribute a little bit. You know, yeah, mm-hmm. it's not going to work in San Francisco, but it's certainly going to work in Mississippi, you know, or Atlanta yeah. or outside of yeah. Atlanta. So, what's interesting about that leveling wise is they just neutralize their whole debate. Mm-hmm. So now, what is Bernie Sanders? You know, what is their next thing? They're like, well, we need free college. Everybody should get the free education. My Bernie Sanders is much better than my Elizabeth Warren. And the one percent. I like how it gets like just you, a little Russian once in a while, too. Like, it gets a like little a Russian. Little, like a, you know. You don't, Jason, you don't need the board seat. Freudian. To be inf- you don't need, exactly. Well, Bernie. <laughs> I think Bernie spent a lot of time in Russia. I'm just saying. I'm not saying he's a communist. <laughs> but I think he's closer to communism than anybody else in our government. I'll just leave it at Maybe not, maybe <laughs> excluding Trump. <laughs> but what was very interesting is like his next thing was college. And then all of a sudden, Amazon gave everybody started college, college. <laughs> started paying for everybody's associate degrees, which is yeah. exactly what he asked for people as a starting point, right? Like we're not going to pay for four year degrees, but we'll start with associates degrees and city college, whatever. So that's the leveling chess match that's going on. Well, you have to give Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren credit for upping the ante and poking them and saying, like, we need a living oh. wage, because then it gave them the ability to level them and to dunk on them, which then got the mission accomplished. Yes. But also to assume that that has like solved answered the question also assumes that Amazon is the only company in America, which is not yet the case. And I still I have hope that we'll get to more like three competing companies in this country in the next like 50 years. Well, so Walmart's still Amazon you know, crushing has the them scale in to do it. Right. You know, Amazon has the scale to do it. Walmart might have the scale to do it. It's this kind of remarkable thing where Amazon can do the thing that no other business can afford to do, thereby yep. continuing to put those businesses out of business and yep. take their, you know, it's like Amazon wins on both ends, yep. which doesn't necessarily mean that we shouldn't raise the federal minimum wage, oh, which has sure. been raised in however many years, which is politics yeah. and, and unrelated. What, but what's yeah, good about it, though, is if the, if the private sector does it on their own, that's an mm-hmm. example of basically regulating and policing yourself, which is really what you want, ideally, is that you don't have to have the government intervene. And really, the enemy in all this is the fast food industry. Decades, they fought to keep the minimum wage low. And they use the threat of automation. You know, like, if you guys, you know, raise the minimum wage, we're just going to put kiosks and you're not going to be able to order McDonald's. And that's exactly what McDo- right. McDonald's actually paid through on that threat. They now yep. are putting... I, I don't know what percentage of it is. Maybe one of our producers can look it up. But some amazing percentage of McDonald's orders are coming in through mobile phones now. And they're lowering the number of cashiers. Mm. And they're putting kiosks in. So you can order on your phone. I understand. I don't eat at McDonald's. But you can order on your phone, I understand. And you can order at the kiosk. And they're just going to lower the number of cashiers to where the line becomes so painful that the two minutes to download the app and register is less painful than being online. Is less or, totally. Well, it's and the thing, I always tell, the, uh, the thing I always tell my son, too, is, uh, who has always who's ex- been, been experimenting with communism and oh, boy. You know, as, an intel- as an intellectual exercise, we've had a lot of conversations about communism at my house because that's what the kids are doing these days. But and is always railing about Amazon is like, look, and this get back, gets back to the celebrity culture idea. Amazon is the one that we all talk about. 
because Jeff Bezos is like famous and Amazon is really big. But the company, you know, you know who has like way lower pay and way worse warehouse conditions than Amazon? Tyson yeah. Meats, mm. right? Like you don't talk about the, the communist kids are not talking about the meat packing industry. No. They're not talking about some of the most appalling jobs in America. The, the people who work at Fritos like went on strike because they were like, oh, yeah, we have to work this thing called a suicide shift, which is like, I don't what? know, 60 hours in a row. I mean, Crazy. there are just like truly appalling working conditions across America that that frankly, like if Bernie and Elizabeth want those to change, and I think that they do, they should stop talking about Amazon mm. and talk about those. Like put a camera in one of those factories for a day, like have the new, what was, what's that famous book about the meatpacking industry? The, oh, the jungle. Yeah, was, oh yeah. Jungle, Gosh. something like that. Yeah. I mean, because that's what we're really talking about. And the fact that in some places, those, those dominate the, I like hit my mic. The I jungle. got so worked up about yeah. it. Upton Sinclair, the jungle. Upton Sinclair, so. the jungle. Exactly. Like that's all still happening. So honestly, yeah. Amazon is a head fake. And every time that Amazon gets Bernie and Elizabeth and you and I, to talk yep. about Amazon instead of Tyson. Yep. Or McDonald's. It's a win for Tyson. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or McDonald's. All right. Exactly. All right. So anyway, I'll, I believe- anyway, shout out to the, uh, I, I, I'll, I'll look forward to being invited to being on This Machine Kills when they invite me on. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Let's speaking of terrible conditions. Let's segue to China and the Biden administration has imposed sanction on Chinese companies and government entities for human rights abuses against the Uyghurs. Finally, the U.S. government has said something. Shin Jiang is an area that's about twice as large as Texas, has about 25 million people in it. There are many cities in China, uh, people who don't know, with 25 million people or more, um, which Mm -hmm. is really crazy when you think about it. Um, And about half of those 25 million are Uyghurs, uh, which is spelled U-Y-G-H-U-R-S, but pronounced Uyghurs, which is a a Muslim minority. And they, uh, according to the China Human Rights uh, Defenders, 660,000 rural residents uh, of Uyghur backgrounds uh, may have been taken away from their homes and detained in re-education camps. If you see these re-education camps uh, at Amnesty International or any newspaper, the videos of them, these are basically prison camps. These are, you know, you are rare to compare anything to the Holocaust except a lot of my friends who are Jewish compare this to the Holocaust because it is starting to hit that scale. While another 1.3 million may have been forced to attend mandatory day or evening re-education sessions in locations in the villages and town centers, estimated 100,000 Uyghurs may be working in forced labor camps, according to Mm -hmm. Australian Strategic Policy Institute. According to NBC News, quote, U.S. intelligence has established that Beijing has set up a high-tech surveillance system across Xinjiang that uses biometric facial recognition as collected DNA samples from all residents ages 12 to 65 as part of a systematic I mean, there effort. There have been reports of forced sterilization, like the whole, it is, it is, it is an Torture, ongoing rape, human rights beatings. abuse. Yes. There was an Atlantic cover article by a guy who had been arrested, a Uyghur man in China who had managed to escape with his family, but only after he and his family had been arrested a couple of times. It's one of the most harrowing things you will read and you will not be able to believe that it's happening in the world today and it is and all of this has led to a lot of awkward conversations because the united states government uh has recently imposed sanctions against um again on chinese companies and government entities for human rights abuses against uyghur muslims in xinjiang some Mm -hmm. companies have faced blowback for continuing to do work walmart got in trouble with china because walmart removed products from some stores that have been produced potentially with this forced labor in Xinjiang. And it's, it's, and nevertheless, right, up to and including the United States government, everybody still wants to do business with China. And everybody has, has looked the other way for a long time as this story has continued to get louder and louder and louder. And you see this kind of ongoing hypocrisy about the relationship with China in in the government and with private companies. Yep. And if you look at, I mean, just to give people uh, an idea, I don't know if you saw the Uyghurs being loaded into trains, uh, but these this series of photos, which I just pulled up here, if you're watching on the YouTube video, they're basically bound, head shaved, blindfolded, and getting onto trains. Uh, oh, it's a screen uh, grab from a video. Okay, it's a screen grab from the video. It doesn't mm-hmm. look real, and these videos, um, you know, that got released um, are, you know, just more evidence. There's tons of satellite videos, and this is, you know, if you think about what we've pursued as a strategy 
It's been engagement. Yep. And I, uh, having worked at Amnesty International and caring very deeply about human rights, have always believed that like engagement is fine, but you have to make it clear where the lines are in terms of human rights and that we want to see change. So The Guardian uh, released this footage. Shout out to The Guardian for being brave to do this. Uh, really disturbing. And the, you know, the challenge is, Molly, um, there is a group of people who philosophically believe that uh, if we engage with China, and this has been going on for decades, with mm -hmm. the West, not just the United States, but the West has believed engagement will lead them towards democracy, human rights, and will keep us from going to war with each other. Well, we haven't gone to war with each other, so that's a checkbox that's good. Yeah. But China has, since Hong Kong, and now with the Uyghurs, I think been emboldened because nobody's put their foot down. And the same thing is true of Saudi Arabia with MBS. If the West does not say, does not condemn these issues, um, then autocrats, dictators, communists, whatever, uh, are going to basically take it as far as they can. You have mm -hmm. to put your foot down and say, this is not acceptable. And, and I think then the, the Biden question becomes, yeah. what does that look like, though? What does it look like for the Biden administration to, because you know that behind the scenes, Apple, yep. Intel, right? At Hollywood, all of Hollywood, the NBA, like you look at how private industry has caved to China over yeah. and over and over because they need this market. Like, you know that they're in these rooms saying to the administration, like, just can you can you go as far as you can with or, the sanctions, but not like too far? Or at a certain point, we say it's not worth it. And I think that's yeah. the moment we're at. Because if you look at it, I think now the NBA um, has a player Ennis Cantor, who is now renamed himself Ennis Cantor Freedom, and um, I, I DM'd with him recently, and I've been retweeting his stuff. He basically said, "Like, listen, I'm just going to go." And he's, you know, his his uh, employment by the NBA is not certain. He's not like a top right. fifty player. He's a top two hundred player or one hundred fifty player. Um, he uh, has been very vocal, and he has not been ostracized now. Whereas Daryl Morey, um, who did say, you know, very innocuously, "We, su I support Hong Kong." Yeah. Um, you know, was admonished. And, you know, I, I, I'm reticent to pick out specific people to say, you know, LeBron James or Tim Cook or any other folks are supportive of human rights violations. I think a lot of those people think engagement with China is going to lead to change. I don't agree with them. I think we have to put our foot down. And now China's basically said, you know what? We're going on our own anyway. We're not going to let you invest in these companies. All the IPOs are going to be in Hong Kong. We're not going to yeah. let Jack Ma be a, a national hero. So they've become insular. So now I think actually it's reversing. Everybody is going to offshore um, and reduce their dependency on China, uh, whether it's Apple, uh, whether it's Tesla, whether it's any of these companies, you're going to see a, a disengagement process start. I think that's what's happening right now because it's very hard to disengage after 30 or 40 years of Apple being there or the NBA spending 20 years with Yao Ming and other folks trying to build this relationship. But yeah. if China doesn't want the relationship with the West anymore, now the great decoupling happens. And Japan well, is paying exactly. to, Japan is subsidizing factories leaving China or subsidizing companies to do that. And I think what we're seeing is the great uncoupling. And it's going to be messy, but I don't want to put, you know, Tim Cook under too hard of a microscope here. I want to give him time to get out of China, basically, and become less yeah. dependent on it. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's still... It's going to be interesting to see how much reputational pressure will increase on these companies because they have started to see more reputational yep. damage. Um, there were, of course, some angry tweets about Tesla just this week opening yep. a factory in Xinjiang, which yep. is not good timing, right? Not a good look. Um, but it, most likely, I, I hate to say, like, I think that when you're talking about a global market this big, appeasement would be likely to continue had China itself, to your point not started to take steps to make doing business there way harder. It's like yeah. over the years, people got con people got convinced that China was just like a capitalist country, a free market that you could just go in and sell yep. into. And then China was like, yeah, we disappeared Jack Ma for a little while. And then he came yeah. back and he said what we wanted him to say. And okay. we pulled an IPO and we will do it again. And so yeah. you may be right that we'll decouple, but I'm sorry to report. I think it'll be because of business reasons, not reputational reasons. And that is, that's, a, that's shameful. Uh yeah, I, you know, it's, it, I am torn on this. I, I am with you that we should, you know, not do business with countries that have these extreme human rights violations. And then, of course, everybody does Me Tooism, like, or what about ism, like, well, what about, like, 
you know, George Floyd. Yeah. And, and it's like, okay, that, that's a horrible that murder, you know, and, that occurred. And, 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 yeah, <laughs> and that occurred. There was a murder that occurred and that person's going to jail. And a million Uyghurs is a different scale. Like our government is not doing a million George Floyds in, you know, or I, then some people might say, well, we do have a million George Floyd situations. We literally, we cannot cannabis, even conceive you know. of, of secret police coming into our homes, dragging us yes. out of our beds, torturing right. us for a while, and then sending us back home to say, I mean, yeah, it's a whole different scale. I like, cannot you, you even conceive. You can't compare yeah. these things. Um, but I, I think it's just going to be like something to watch, especially with Taiwan. Uh, but I yeah. actually am very hopeful because the virtue signaling crowd, it seemed to correlate that like some of the biggest virtue signalers like the NBA and Hollywood. Uh, and Silicon Valley are now finding themselves like being called out. Right. And I think that's actually kind of a good thing that, you know, Tim Cook, LeBron James and Hollywood, Ch Disney changing the ending of films and not having a Chinese, you know, a uh, bad guy in a film, like because your film's not going to play in China or changing the ending of films. Like it's crazy. Like, and what's the point of being Americans and being rich and powerful and leaders in the world if you have to bend the knee I know. to communists? China, what's China going on here? China literally managed to censor American movies with market pressure. Like China that was just like, so we're such a big market that you will censor yourself. Yeah. Yeah, I exactly. Mean, think about that like level Disney, of power. Yeah. Like literally Disney is bending the knee to... Yeah. To communists, like it's pathetic. All right, I know. I, mean, I, so hate to, I hate to cut this short because I could talk about good discussion. All day long. It's a great discussion, and we'll be talking about it and monitoring the situation. Uh, so we will see you all next time on this week in startups. Bye bye. Bye.